Welcome to the Manuscript Academy podcast, brought to you by a writer and an agent who both believe that education is key. The beauty is the people you meet along the way, and that community makes all the difference. Here at the Manuscript Academy, you can learn the skills, make the connections, and have access to experts all from home. I'm Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Zinsheimer. Put down your pens, pause your word counts, and enjoy. I'm just starting with the idea that one of the things you can harness to create structure in a narrative is what is normal for the character or characters and what is new or different. And so um, you can modulate those two things. You can choose when you break, and, and normal would be what I would call status quo. So yeah, so we have Anne Elliott here, and Anne has been such an amazing faculty member for us. It's it's so amazing when we talk about like MFA level quality work and, and just tools, the toolbox for writers as they approach their work. Can you tell us what this class is going to be all about? I'll talk a lot about ways of making status quo interesting because, you know, establishing status quo can be, it can feel kind of boring, right? You know, here's what normal is. And, and people spend a lot of time establishing status quo and people are like, I just want to get to the story. I just want to get to the story. So I'm, I, I just want to play with the idea that maybe status quo is part of the story and how can you make it feel like it's essential to the story? And, and then how can you break it and what purpose will breaking it serve? for the story. That's so. so interesting. Is it almost as if status quo is the world and breaking it is the plot? Yeah. Yeah. Or breaking it is what makes it a story, I would say. So it might not be a traditional plot, but it, there might be some some way of breaking it, um, the status quo of the contract between the reader and the author. You can break that status quo too. And so it doesn't feel necessarily like a plot, but you are creating shape. So that's, I'm going to, I'm going to show some examples of that too. A lot of examples a lot of exercises, no grades. <laughs> well, I love it so much. I mean, I, when I was thinking about this, you know, we talk about starting, starting a novel, you know, you have to have that grounding element, but you also yeah. have to have that rising tension. And it's such an interesting thing. Like the idea of like the mom crying in the freezer, like, you know, like you put your head in the freezer and you start crying because you're so frustrated or like, I, I love that you went there first. <laughs> Right. But like, like, like you could, you know, like you have to understand, you have to understand how you got there or you have to understand why, you know, like what life, the reality of life for this character is, but you, then you, but like, it's only effective if you understand the baseline, right? Yeah. Like those emotional, those emotional arcs work if you understand how it's supposed to be or how your mother expects it to be or how or your neighbors expect it to be. And that's what like sometimes an ensemble can do that. Yeah. You know, like next door, it's like this. And over here, it's uh -huh. like this. And I think it's such a funny thing. And I think it's such a interesting muscle to work with as writers. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about it before. Yeah, me either. The closest I've heard is agents saying set a pattern and break it. But that's usually in a pitch letter. Oh, well, it, ha it works in a story too, turns out. So 
Yeah, I, I I love the word expectation that you're using, Julie. I think that's that's it. And like, what do the readers expect? And are you going to meet or 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 resist those expectations, or both? You know, you can kind of do both. Or what do what do what do the characters expect? That's you know. And then the, my first example is going to be somebody something unexpected uh, coming along right away in chapter one, and then we'll play with some other ideas for where you can have something unexpected happen. And I'm not just talking about surprise it doesn't have to be like jumping out off the page it just has to be something changing is there a pattern to where people should do that in their books uh that's a really good question i think there are a lot of choices for that the the classic uh narrative design would have status quo broken near the beginning of the story because that's what launches what we would call the story what how is how is this day different than all other days so I'm telling a story on myself, for example. You know, I always walk down the green belt and then one day I saw the, you know, the thing happen, right? And that, that launches the story. And if the, and then one day doesn't happen, then there's actually not a story. Right. So that's a classic move, but there, you can also harness it for a crisis or a climax in a story. So um, you could have several breaks in status quo in a story. You could have it, you know, you could have one that launches a story story and we might call it an inciting incident and then um you might have more status quo breaks as uh the power structure evolves or the contract between people in their relationship changes so if you you don't just need one maybe <laughs> well it's so interesting it's kind of like when you when you read something and you think a character is one way and all of a sudden they're totally different, you know, like, and then this happens and then this happens yeah. and then boom. It's so funny. Let's go back to the green belts. Anna and I live in the same town and like, <laughs> and one day the goats were in the green belts and everyone yes. talked about the goats in the green belt for Yes, a week. the goats were adorable. <laughs> they were so cute. They were Wait. eating the, the Japanese knotweed, which is bad. So there's right. a story. We Status quo. Goats. Japanese knotweed <laughs> so, all over. So no one talks about the green belt. Like, you know, the green belt is always there. <laughs> and it's like this bike, there's a bike route through the town. And then all of a sudden there's goats and everyone, it's the story of the day <laughs> here yeah. in Maine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. So once again, we're looking at just another amazing tool for your writing toolbox. Some, another way for you to look at your scenes, to break them down, to help your drafting process. Am I missing anything? What else would this be good for writers for, Anne? I think to make your story feel more alive. I think so if, you, if you're revising and you have people who are saying things to you like, well, nothing happens. I love your writing, but nothing happens. This is something that you can play with. So it's mm -hmm. that kind of tool. It's a structure tool. We have so many writers who are saying, why is everyone opposed to quiet stories? You can absolutely have a quiet story, but oh, yeah. if you bring it alive, it will work. Yeah, yeah. So so it doesn't have to be fireworks. Some, it, you can have something change in a quiet story for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and there will be more than one example of those in my... And my examples, by the way, are going to be literary fiction, uh, novels and short fiction, also uh, some memoir, also some uh, YA, some fantasy, sci-fi, and picture books. It's so interesting because when you were talking about this, I was seeing how this could work in a picture book or in a horror movie. So I yeah. like how these these elements of story can work across the board. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about this yesterday and I was like rereading, you know, what, you know, our kind of goal for this class. And I was thinking sometimes writers hear rejections that say, 
I just don't know why, or I, I didn't connect to it, or I just don't know what, what it's missing. I think this might be one of the things that is missing sometimes, you know, in writer's work where there's so much going on, there's not time to understand the status quo of that world. And because of that, our brain is on fire or in overload as a reader. And I think mm -hmm. this could really help, especially with that as, as, as writers are moving forward. Yeah, it could be that the status quo is a lot of things happening, a lot of trouble, a lot of problems. So to break that status quo, what you have to do is maybe pull that away or change the nature of the problem. Mm. That's interesting because it's making me think of how we talk about what needs to be in the foreground and the background of a story, right? And if there's, oh, I like too, that. if there's too much and it's all kind of in the middle distance, we don't know where to focus. But at the same time, we also as humans, naturally, our eyes snap to anything that's moving in a room, we notice change. And so perhaps the moments of change you're talking about can help people put things in the foreground in the background instead of everything yeah. just being this blur. Yeah. If you describe every detail of the green belt uh, and never get to the goats, you know, <laughs> goats are the foreground, right? So yeah, figuring out where to, where to linger too, I think is important. Okay. I'm so. obsessed by goats now. <laughs> So as always, our three-day events are meant for you to, you know, take it in your own pace, to enjoy. You have, we have three days. We'll have a panel on the third day, and then you'll have 30 days to take notes, to review, to enjoy. You know, I really like the workshop element. I love that you can go in there, post what you're working on, and there are all these helpful writers who will dive in and help you out. And just to have everybody so focused on the task of writing for three days, I think is a really beautiful thing. Um, you know, we did purposely design it so that wherever you are in the world, whatever your time zone, you can do this at your own pace. Um, but just because it is those 72 hours, whatever your time zone where people are focused, I think that's a really special thing. It is cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to know other people are out there struggling with the same thing you are. Yeah. And I do think that yeah, anytime, yeah. anytime a group of people come together with the same creative energy kind of working on the same subject kind of magic does happen <laughs> within that community even on an online class like this mm -hmm. um so yeah i think like if you're on the fence about this one if this is like wow this is way out of my my sphere of what i think i need I think you should, I think you should go for this one. I, I'm really excited. If nothing else, it'll be inspiring. You know, it will give you a Let's lot hope. of energy. To, <laughs> we know it will be. We know you. Yeah. <laughs> that is my goal for sure. That is I, my goal. I don't know. I think just spending a day around Anne, even if all you do is drink coffee and talk about goats, you'd end up with better reading at the end of the day. <laughs> Okay, so we have our some specifics. We the dates are June thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. Um, it's included with membership. It's forty nine dollars for everybody else, and membership is forty nine. So if you want other events too, go that way. That's your better deal. We want you to to figure out what is the best deal for you. Compare that to an MFA. <laughs> I know. Oh, geez. <laughs> And it doesn't take two years away from your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we we want to be that source where people can come and feel inspired and meet each other and feel supported. And I think there's just something so special about being in the room with people like Anne, even if it is a digital room. And we will have the Q&A. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. So class every morning, workshop every afternoon, again, suggested times, Q&A on day two and first pages panel on day three. Even if you can't make it live, your chances of feedback are the same. So. 
we hope you can make it and is special. If you feel like this is one of those things where you just need a push forward to feel good about your writing, feeling good about writing is hard in a time like this in the world. I think this is a nice opportunity to really be focused and move your work forward. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm, I already can't wait. Yeah, really I can't wait either. Yeah. Hope, to, hope yeah. to see you all there. <laughs> thank you so much, Anne. My pleasure. Thank you. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our first pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.